0: On the field and inside the clubhouse, this is Brewers Extra Innings. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Radio City,
1: here's Greg Matzing. Well, that one got away from the Milwaukee Brewers. A frustrating loss to begin a three-game series against the lowly Pittsburgh Pirates as the Brewers with a game shaved off their lead atop the NL Central Division. A lot of fireworks in the middle innings of this game. Sadly, the Brewers unable to protect a 3 nothing lead as they fall to the Pirates by a score of 5-3. to Welcome in. It's Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. I'm Greg Matzik. Happy to take your calls at 855-616-1620. That's the Academic Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can also hit me up on Twitter, at GMatzik. A lot to get to here tonight, and I, I want to go a little off script on tonight's program, just... Given the everything that has happened here in the last couple of days for the Milwaukee Brewers, trade deadline of course hitting today at five o'clock the Brewers with some moves, although I don't think any were overly expected. Uh, hard to pick some of the names out of a hat that were brought back to Milwaukee. Uh, and of course, the trade of Josh Hader and what that means going forward. I've got one minute and 51 seconds of very awkward question and answer with Devin Williams that will play. Uh, that might give a summation of what is going on inside the clubhouse, how players are feeling. Of course, Vinny Retino, Craig Council, and highlights from tonight's game as well. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. If you'd like to join us, we are just getting started. It is Brewers extra innings on WTMJ. The one one.
0: And here's a line drive out to deep center field. Taylor going back to the wall. It is gone. It's of three.
1: It was a home run fest for the Milwaukee Brewers uh, in the sixth inning. Unfortunately, the Pirates were able to answer and score five runs against Brewers pitching, most of it against Corbin Burns. They're able to pull off the 5-3 win, come from behind victory. Kind of feels like they stole one tonight here as uh, Pittsburgh only had four hits on the night, but did plenty of damage, a lot of walks tonight, especially from Corbin Burns. And we are unfortunately talking about a Brewers loss in game one of this three-game series against the Pirates, 855-616-1620. If you'd like to join us here, that is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line uh, this is a frustrating one, an absolutely frustrating one, because you know the mood in the clubhouse is a little different. It has to be a little different. You remove a guy like Josh Hader, regardless of the return, that stinks. And, and I guess if you want to talk about the future and, and where the Brewers might be, and three years from now we look at this trade and say, my goodness, it was outstanding. Look at how these young guys have performed. Okay, that's great, but that does nothing for the players in the clubhouse, right? I mean, they can look to the future and and maybe have a positive outlook on the future. But for them, it is all about what is happening right now. And you remove a four-time All-Star from your clubhouse, I'm sorry, that, that's that's a blow. And we'll hear from Devin Williams, a, a, a very interesting and somewhat awkward back-and-forth question and answer prior to tonight's game. 855 a note from Doug in the text line saying, hey, another example tonight of why a trade for hitting was needed. You can have all the pitching you want. You still have to score more runs. Because of no, uh, not getting a hitter, Stearns has handed the division to St. Louis. No excuse for it. Now, I'll hold off on the final portion of that. I, I'm not giving anything to St. Louis at this point. I'm not sure how much better they got. They, they needed pitching, no doubt. They found Jose Quintana fine. They missed out on the Juan Soto sweepstakes. They still have a tough gauntlet of a lineup. There's no question about that. I, but I'm not, I'm not sold that St. Louis is going to be the team that rises above the Brewers. We know it's a two-team race. But, but I'm not handing anything to them just yet. But I think the first part of the text is spot on. I'm very surprised that David Stearns wasn't able to execute a deal for a bat. Now, I, I get it. You, you don't want to overpay. You, you've got market value on players throughout the league. J.D. Martinez did not get moved. If you want to make a move for Ian Happ or Wilson Contreras, who play for the Cubs, there's likely a, an interdivision interdivision tax you're going to have to pay. The Cubs may not want to deal with the Brewers. If they do, it might cost you a little bit more maybe exceeding the players' value coming in return. Never figured the Brewers to be in on Juan Soto. Was disappointed they couldn't find a way to get Andrew Benatendi. Uh, and there were some others. Shane Drury ended up with San Diego. Feels like everybody ended up with San Diego. I don't think the Brewers missed out on too much by not getting Joey Gallo. He is a boomer bust, home run or nothing kind of player. Can turn a game in a minute, but he's not the kind of on-base performer that I think the Brewers are, are in need of. So here you go with a variety of pitching prospects and pitchers that are going to help this team on the the backside of this season. I think they will help, but it's still a gut punch to lose a guy like Josh Hader. So how are you feeling about the whole situation here now that the trade deadline has come and gone? I want to get your thoughts here tonight at 855-616-1620 as we go through that and tonight's game, a loss to the Pittsburgh Pirates. A very strange night for Corbin Burns, wouldn't you say? I, I never felt like he was in cruise control. He allowed a leadoff triple in the second, was able to get out of it. Hit two batters and walked another to load the bases uh, the next inning and, and was able to get out of it. No issues in the fourth or fifth inning, and it felt like he had settled in. Nice and clean, no issues, no drama at all, very little traffic on the bases. And then after the Brewers took a 3 nothing lead, you figure, here you go. This is where the Cy Young Award winner just sort of settles in, right? A little bit shaky in the beginning, was able to settle in in the 4th and 5th and then it just unraveled in the 6th inning. I the Pirates did not hit the ball tonight. Not very hard. It was one swing of the bat that did the Brewers in, a 3-run home run by O'Neal Cruz. But the Pirates had 5 runs and they had 4 hits. Right? I just the number of walks from Brewers pitching tonight really specifically Burns was very troublesome. They, he walked three in the sixth inning. Each would come around to score. You had the home run by Cruz that tied the game. Brad Boxberger allowed an inherited runner to score. He had a, a hit by a uh, pass ball, I should say, in that inning. You had an error. I mean, it was just an absolute mess. So I, that is a, a crushing blow of an inning here, as uh, all of the runs in tonight's game were scored in the sixth inning. Three from the Brewers on solo home runs, and all sorts of traffic on the base pass courtesy of the walk and one big swing of the bat from O'Neill Ruiz, uh, O'Neill Cruz, I should say, and and this game is over. Five runs, four hits, no errors for the Pirates. Three runs, nine hits, and one error for the Brewers. Frustrating loss here for Milwaukee. We'll hear from Craig Council coming up in just a few moments. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. If you'd like to join us here. Uh, Got a note. uh, A lot of notes coming in from Ginny in Vernon. Hey, the Hater trade has deflated this team as witnessed by your interview of Williams. Bad for the clubhouse. So late in the year and so close to chasing a pennant. Should have let these guys go all the way and worried about Hater's salary next year, this 50-year Brewers fan opinion anyway. Sorry for typos and punctuation. Hey, Ginny, I get it. I I had started to settle into the fact that the Brewers were likely to have to part ways with Josh Hater at some point but I did not think it would be midseason. I thought it's something they would look at at the end of the season as Hader's arbitration number was likely to inch up towards $16 million after he becomes a free agent. Maybe that becomes $20 million as he looks to cash in. I did not think it would happen during the season. In fact, I had said out loud on this program and other programs where I talk Brewers, the time the Brewers trade Hader midseason is when they no longer care about winning that season. I figured that Josh Hader... Era would come to an end in Milwaukee. I did not think it would be with a three-game lead atop the NL Central Division. So here's what happened before the game. I don't know if he's the new Brewers' new closer or if he's going to remain the setup man. We'll see how it plays out. Craig Council was somewhat non-committal, uh, But Taylor Rogers, maybe Brad Boxberger, Devin Williams, maybe Trevor Rosenthal, who knows, are all going to factor in in some way, shape, or form to the eighth and ninth inning. Here's the back and forth between reporters in Pittsburgh and Devin Williams. This is Awkward.
2: I, I don't really have a lot to say, to be honest with you. Um, I, I don't know. It's part of the business. Yeah, I was surprised.
0: So, I mean, can you talk about just what Josh, you know, meant to this team and, you know, the bullpen and
2: just, you know, you guys and how closely you guys have worked together the last couple seasons? Um, yeah, I mean, he was a huge, huge part of our success, you know, um, having him in the ninth inning, just getting the ball to him, um, it's pretty much a sure thing most of the time, um, you know. But it was good to you know like learn from him and have him to kind of feed off of um, you know I picked up a lot of things from him over the past couple of years
3: so,
2: you know having that guy there was really big for me. most was just kind of the day-to-day preparation you know and just kind of taking little tidbits from his routine and making it part of mine. Um, you know things like that. Do you have any expectations for how that ninth inning will shake out now—do you expect to be the guy? I don't know. I guess we'll see what happens. Tough business sometimes, huh? You could say that. A lot of things that don't really make sense, you know. Um, I don't know. I want to win. That's really the biggest thing to me. I
1: don't really have much to say about it. Yeah, I, that reeks of a player who is not happy with the trade of Josh Hader. And I can't imagine this went over well in the clubhouse, despite players saying the right things. Hey, we got to pick up, we got to regroup, we'll miss Josh, we wish him the best. Players are saying the right things, but this one stings. There is no question about that. If you're a player inside that clubhouse, you don't care about the future. You might have a hat tip to the future and be optimistic about the future, but when you're a first-place team, and a four-time All-Star leaves, that is a gut punch. Because everybody in that clubhouse, everybody in that dugout is focused on the here and the now in doing everything possible to win a World Series. I don't think the Brewers are better today than they were prior to the trade of Josh Hader. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us. Let's uh, grab a phone call here before we head to break. It's Michael in Milwaukee. You're on WTMJ. Hi, Michael.
3: Hey, Greg. Um, just wanted to call about, you know, obviously I, I hear Williams' comments and, you know, um, the game, you know, we throw the ball around a little bit there in the, in the sixth inning, I believe it was, or maybe it was the fifth. But then, you know, it kind of snowballs on us, and I think I, I really want to get your thoughts. I know we're kind of having an overall look, but but just thinking about tonight's game, I want to get your thoughts on why Council would hit for Telez and then double down on it and do it again and hit for Wong when Telez is our best hitter, arguably, um, and then Wong three-for-three three with a home run. I mean, I'm watching the, the game reset on Valley Sports Wisconsin. We got our guys hitting home runs, and then, you know, we're, we're hitting for them to play matchup. So, I don't know. I want to get your thoughts on that. That really, uh, you know, kind of got me upset, and, and it was really a snowball thing with, you know, Hater leaving and everything. Um, so, you know, morale's low. I think tonight was kind of a gut punch, too. I don't think that helped, and I, I think they really need to bounce back. But um, just, just more than anything, I wanted to get kind of hear your thoughts on, on that specific situation. And, uh,
1: yeah, that, that's really it. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate the phone call, uh, Michael. We're up against a break. Vinny Bertino is going to join us coming out on the other side. Uh, I, I wrote down some numbers and some thoughts very similar to you. That That's kind of a it, – it, it's a spot in the game where you need to deliver, and the Brewers weren't able to deliver. Uh, with one of their pinch hit decisions that Craig Council made. I want to get Vinny's thoughts on that as well. We'll continue. We'll answer that question. Vinny Retina will join us. If you're on the line, hang on the line. We will get to you. It is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Danuelos with a 2-2
0: pitch. Strike three called. A curveball locked up Severino and got him looking to retire the side.
1: that came with the bases loaded in the seventh inning and the Brewers down 5 to 3 Ducks on the pond inability to score and that was the Brewers best shot at tying or taking the lead in this game they ultimately fall 5-3 to the Pittsburgh Pirates in game 1 of a three game series but Pedro Severino was called upon to pinch hit for Colton Wong who was 3 for 3 with a home run in tonight's game I want to bring in Vinny Rotino from Valley Sports, Wisconsin. Vinny, we had a caller, uh, Michael, asking about this decision. So uh, here's the setup. Roddy Telez, 2-for-3 with a home run. Colton Wong, 3-for-3 with a home run. Mike Brasso, pinch hits for Telez, is hit by a pitch to load the bases. Uh, Andrew McCutcheon strikes out. Then it's up to Pedro Severino, pinch hitting for Colton Wong. He strikes out looking. All of a sudden, the inning is over. It's a tough spot for a manager, right? It's a lefty-on-lefty thing with Telez and Wong facing Manny Banuelos. What do you do there, right? If, if you're the manager, if you're manager Craig Council, how do you navigate that process?
4: Yeah, it's it's really difficult to really make that call because, yeah, I mean, we're, we're looking at this at home and, and realizing, hey, look, Rowdy Telez is really swinging a hot bat lately. Why pinch hit for him? Because there's going to be another opportunity for him to hit in the ninths most likely, even if he doesn't get a hit in that spot. It's a tough spot to come off the bench. I know Mike Brasso has been raking, but there's a psychological component to this for Mike Brasso. Like He's kind of walking up there like, I'm pinch hitting for one of our best hitters, our three-hole hitter right now, who's who's got 21 home runs and already hit one tonight. So it's a little bit of a weird situation and weird feel in the box for Brasso as well. I thought maybe you could have waited until Colton Wong was up, perhaps, to pinch hit for Brasso, he has been raking against lefties. I thought maybe that would have been a better spot. But I, I, I don't know. It's it's tough because I, the the data, the analytics, the roll of the dice, the bets that they make, and that's what they are. They, they make good bets with the data and the analytics. does say that you, you should hit, pinch hit there. Uh, just didn't work out tonight. It
1: is a tough call, though. Well, here are the basic numbers. So Roddy Tellez tonight, two for three with a home run. Uh, he's had an outstanding season batting two sixteen against lefties. Mike Brasso, as you mentioned, he's a career two hundred eighty-nine hitter against lefties, three thirty-three this season. Colton Wong, 3-for-3 three three with the home run. He has had an outstanding uh, last month or so, has really had the batting average climb, but one twenty-seven this season against lefties. Pedro Severino, by the way, his uh, one hit against Manny Banuelos was a home run, one for four, kind of a small sample size. I, I, I'm not shocked to see it, I just wonder: at what point do you just sort of go with the hot hand, right? At what point do analytics right. just go out the window and say, you know what, these guys are riding hot right now, and we just, you know, keep their confidence up, give them a shot. I know the numbers and the the season numbers aren't great against lefties, but what they've done recently is really impressive. That's that is a tough balancing act.
4: I'm with you, I'm Greg. I am with you on that because yeah, there has to be. And there should be, and I think that there is some feel for those situations, whether or not a guy is swinging a hot bat, whether or not he's pulling off, you know, the change-ups away from a righty, because that'll tell you, he'll probably stick in there and stay on the slider away from the lefty. And I think both batters, both hitters, have kind of proven to be, when they're right, they're proven to be more hitters than than anything else, both Colton Wong and Rowdy Tellez. So that probably was taken into consideration by uh, Craig Council. But at the end of the day, I, I do think the numbers and the overall kind of numbers on the in the entire body work for the season do win out in these situations. But I'm with you. I think I think you, you definitely need to consider and maybe even way more heavily what what the recent you know success is and how hot they are going into the game.
1: 855 616 1620, the Akinet Mortgage Talk in text line. Vinny, want to get your thoughts on Corbin Burns' night. Uh, of course, the trades that have been made here in the last couple of days. Mixed reviews coming in, of course. And uh, we'll step aside for the news, get more from Vinny Rotino. Lots of notes coming in on the text line. Of course, manager Craig Council and highlights to come as well. Brewers Extra Innings continues after this on WTMJ.
0: This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. And Willie Adamas leads off, and here's a drive out to left. This is down the left field line and up and out of here. And Willie Adamas goes deep for the 21st time this year, and the Brewers take a 1-0 lead.
1: Roddy Telez would follow with a home run of his own. Colton Wong would add a solo shot later that inning. Just like that, the Brewers had a 3-0 lead. Corbin Burns settled in in the fourth and fifth inning, but things went haywire in the sixth. Three walks all came around to score. There was also an air and a passed ball. Pirates with just four hits on the night, yet five runs, enough to beat the Brewers tonight in Pittsburgh. Welcome back. Is Greg Matzik with you, along with Vinny Rotina from Bally Sports, Wisconsin? This is Brewers Extra Innings. If you'd like to join us, it's 855-616-1620. Let's grab another phone call here. Jim joins us from Oak Creek. here on WTMJ. Hi, Jim.
0: Hey, guys. How you doing?
1: Doing well. What you got? Hello.
0: Um, question for this trade. This is my question, both you guys. Is this basically a playbook from Ron Schuler back in the nineties with the White Sox when they were in contention? Make a trade for the future and build a team for the future, or is this team? Is this trade really supposed to make us better? The other question I have, for comment and I have, is as a fan. This season is very frustrating. I I didn't see this team really going far into the postseason, and I still don't see things going far in the postseason this year just because the offense is too inconsistent. But I feel like this offense right now is set up for WWE. It's home run or nothing. And I, I think we need some contact hitters. What do you guys think needs to change? Because we have more hitting coaches now than we have in the last couple of years. And do you think it's helping? I'm not sure if it is.
1: Yeah, I appreciate the phone call. There's uh, quite a bit to unpack there. I, I do want to start with the trade and get your thoughts on this, Vinny, just as a former player. Uh, a lot of nuggets here on the text line, as you might imagine. Uh, and it ranges, right? There's one text from the 262 saying, hey, there's no reason to trade Hader now. He still had a, uh, a season and a half of club control. Could have been traded at the winter meetings or maybe next year's trade deadline. Got a note from Mike in Lake Geneva saying, trading Hater makes sense. Look at the haul. Look what's coming back. The Brewers aren't better today than they were on Monday, but they aren't worse either. Where do you stand on a deal like this? And as a, a former player, Vinny, a first place team doesn't typically get rid of an all star. That that that's not terribly common. So how do you digest this in the locker room? Yeah, I actually think it's
4: happened one other time in recent you know memory, maybe ever. The uh, Oakland A's traded Johan uh, Cespedes while they were in first place. And I forget the package that came back, but it was also an all star that came came back. Um, yeah, it, this is a uh, this to answer is it Michael's question. Um, this doesn't get them better uh, right now. This was not a trade for the present. Obviously, you can't trade Josh Hader away and, and expect to be better unless you get a Juan Soto back or something like that in return. This is a trade that actually makes them a little bit worse in their bullpen, right, because Josh Hader has had one bad week, and he was locked down closer. He had 4.6 hits per nine, which is absolutely insane. So he's, he's never giving up hits, and he had 15 strikeouts per nine. He's striking everybody out, never giving up hits, basically. So, like, that's hard to, to like, be better after that trade if you're getting uh, relievers in return, in which we are. However, they're not that much worse, right? Uh, you know, if if uh, Taylor Rogers back to form a little bit and then you are getting – Dinelson Lamette, if he comes back to form just a little bit, you do have a couple extra leverage relievers. Devin Williams is absolutely ready to take over this closer role with 30 consecutive innings pitched without giving up a run. So he is ready. Um, But, yeah, they're they're getting a little bit worse with not having Josh Hader. Now, the future is the other part of this, right? So they are getting Robert Gasser, who is supposed to be a high-end pitching prospect, up to 94 four pitch mix. So maybe they're getting back. They're not – they're not going to get back a number one starter in Robert Gasser if he pans out. They're getting back probably in Eric Lauer, which is valuable. Six years of control of that is worth it. Um, so I agree, though, Greg. I don't know where you stand on this. I agree that this is probably a weird move that you could have made in the offseason. Maybe you would have got a little bit less of a prospect haul. Uh, but I thought that they could have waited and gone for the World Series with Josh Hader this year and waited till the offseason.
1: Yeah, we have a note from Mike in Colorado, regular listeners, saying, you know, maybe the Brewers thought the the value for Hader would have dipped if his his recent struggles continued. I my my gut feeling tells me this, Vinny. Josh Hader is is still a member of the Padres today. If he's got a three ERA the month of July instead of twelve fifty four, right? I just that that's my gut feeling. But I think the other part of it is where, where Devin Williams sits right now in terms of. You know, just absolutely dominating everybody he has faced. But you have to hear the comments from Williams, I think, to, to understand how he's feeling inside the clubhouse. I don't know.
2: I guess we'll see what happens. Tough business sometimes, huh? You can say that. A lot of things that don't really make sense, you know. Um, I don't know. I want to win. That's really the biggest thing to me. I don't really
1: have much to say about it. I I guess that's the biggest part for me, Vinny, is the message it sends to the clubhouse when the most electrifying reliever in Brewer's history is is sent away. uh, For a guy who's uh, had good success closing but doesn't miss bats quite like Josh Hader does, the comments from Devin Williams, I I don't know how widespread that feeling is in the clubhouse, but that's a tough sell because we can look to the future and say, okay, uh, it's, it's this, this could work out three years from now. The, the prospects could be lights-out performers for the Milwaukee Brewers. And wouldn't that be great? But I'm sure there's players inside that clubhouse who are saying, well, forget about that. I, <laughs> this is yeah. my time for a World Series, and we're in first place. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Like I
4: said, I think that this move could have probably been done in the offseason, which he is going to get a little bit more expensive. The two shots at the World Series now for the acquiring team in the San Diego Padres are probably going to push that prospect hall over the edge a little bit. And then, you know, I, you know, I'm, I'm with you. It is a tough, it's a tough sell to the players probably in the clubhouse. I know that David Stearns is, it was announced that he did address the team on this and that he did tell them that he believes in the team. Look at the end of the day, I think the brewers are going to end up being like the Tampa Bay Rays. I think they're proving that, like that they're going to be, try to be a perpetual playoff contending team. And they're going to do so by making moves like this. Wouldn't surprise me if, if, Uh, Brandon Woodruff and Corbin Burns both get dealt at some point after seeing this deal, that they both get dealt. Listening to those Devin Williams comments is a little bit hard to listen to just because, yes, Devin Williams does wear his emotions on his sleeve a little bit, especially in front of the media. But you wonder if the morale in that clubhouse is a little bit grim at this point just after listening to those comments.
1: Really interesting stuff. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. if you'd like to join us. Uh, wanted to get your thoughts on some of the other deals that were made uh, in the last 48 hours or so. Uh, Matt Bush comes over from Texas. I actually think he'll fit in just nicely. He's uh, a lot of 199 batters, uh, batting average against him so far against opponents this season. Uh, the Trevor Rosenthal thing I did not see coming, if I'm being honest, because, well, he's out of baseball right now and trying to work his way yeah. back from injury, uh, and the Brewers give up a, a pretty good outfield prospect, a number 19 prospect in their organization. The Brewers are loaded with prospects in the organization. In fact, the top four prospects in their top 30 list are all outfielders, and they're all at AAA. Like, they are loaded. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Chirino is not at AAA, but he is a fast-rising prospect in the organization. But Rosenthal has to pay off this year, or does he have to pay off this year for this to be a, an effective trade? I think he was brought in because... He's got 132 career saves. That's a big number.
4: Yeah, they have a bunch of guys in their bullpen at this point, including Jake McGee that have a lot of saves underneath their belt. You know, they bring in Trevor Rosenthal. Um, you know, Taylor Rogers, twenty eight, he's second in saves this year. Is Taylor Rogers coming over from San Diego. So they, it seems as if they are very keen on acquiring guys that have a lot of experience in the bullpen. Brad Boxberger has 47 saves under underneath his belt in one season. Led the. American League, I believe, that one year back in two thousand fourteen. So I mean they got a bunch of guys that can that can really pitch in leverage spots and perform in leverage spots. Trevor Roosevelt, I agree. That that Greg, that was a weird kinda like creative outside the box move. He pitched extremely well in two thousand twenty. He did not pitch at all in twenty twenty one. He had a he p- got paid eleven million dollars to not Touch one baseball for the Oakland A's. He was going to be the Oakland A's closer. He had thoracic outlet syndrome uh, surgery done. He has not pitched this year, as you mentioned. So he's coming back from a hamstring injury. He's getting paid four and a half million dollars, I believe, all by the Brewers. I think they picked up that contract. But yeah, they gave up an interesting prospect. And Peters sounds like he's more of a like a fourth, fifth outfielder type at the end of the day. But those guys seem to always kind of out out uh, perform their tools. The, a guy like him, so hopefully. <laughs> I mean, you know, you don't wish bad for the dude, but just for the Brewers' sake, they don't lose that trade immensely because this is a rental of Trevor Rosenthal for the next couple of months. But they got, they have a bunch of guys in in leverage spots now that can pitch in leverage spots. So um, their bullpen seems like it's solidified. Although they did lose Josh Hader today, that is the elephant in the room.
1: Lots of work to do for the Brewers to maintain their lead over the Cardinals atop the NL Central. It continues tomorrow, game two of the series against the Pirates. We say goodbye to Vinny Rotino. Appreciate it, pal. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Absolutely. Talk to you tomorrow, Greg. All right. Take care. Craig Council, comments of the manager coming up next. Highlights before we get out of here. It's Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Crow's pitch. And there he go? He did. Brasso
0: offered at a slider down the way. strikes out. and This game's over. 5-3,
1: 5-3, the final. The Brewers fall to the Pirates in game, one of a three-game series at PNC Park. Beautiful night for baseball. Three home runs for the Brewers, all solo shots, all in the sixth inning. And then it got haywire for the Brewers in the bottom half of the sixth. Corbin Burns walked three in the inning. Each would come around to score. A three-run home run by O'Neill Cruz tied the game. Brad Boxberger allowed an inherited runner to score. There was an error. There was a pass ball. It was just a mess of an inning for the Brewers. Uh, ultimately led to their demise. After for Corbin Burns, uh, kind of a strange night for him. It, it looked like at times he was settling in just fine, uh, and then the sixth inning happened. And uh, Ultimately, his line includes five and a third innings pitched. He did strike out six, but five walks, a career-high five walks for Burns tonight. Control a little off, according to Craig Council. Yeah,
5: I mean, it's it obviously was a little odd. I mean, I think he's uh, he's been battling a little bit um, command, and you know, he, he he did a nice job with it for five innings, despite it a little bit, and got up, made some pitches when it counted. Um, and still, obviously, has the has the swing and miss stuff going, um, but you know, just that ultimately the free passes kind of got him today. Um, you know, when when somebody when they got one with the men on base.
2: When you talk about battling that for a while, I mean, do you feel like it's kind of been most of the season like there hasn't been that sustained stretch where he's been locked <laughs> in it.
5: Or do you feel like no i don't, i don't I don't know if I agree with that i don't I don't think I agree with that, but I think I think, I think he's 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 pitched very very well um but uh yeah, the last couple um kind of been battling himself a little bit. does it seem like the cutter was maybe just quite not all the way there right? yeah i mean i well, I thought the off speed stuff was good i thought uh but you know the cutter, yeah. Just kind of missed with the cutter. Um, it, it was good. He just missed with it, and you know, and I think he, he got beat, got beat on a changeup there by by Cruz. Offensively, talked to you a bunch. It's, home runs are great, and you want them when they're men on base. Was it just? Spots. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we had a pretty good night offensively as far as putting pressure on, hitting the ball hard. You know, we didn't get rewarded for anything the first three innings, thought we, you know, we swung the bats really well. I think mean, we had six balls hard in the first three innings and gotten almost nothing for it. So, um, you know, then we 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 got ourselves a lead and put a good, you know, nice inning in the seventh, and it just didn't just didn't work out. When you face those decisions, especially with Rowdy. Um, how difficult are those calculations to decide whether to pinch hit or not? Um, sometimes they will hit against lefties. Other times you use a righty. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's second and third. A base hit ties the game, and Mike's been exceptional against uh, left-handed pitching this year, and it's a spot to go for. it. it spe- I mean, with Wong, especially, kind of the left-handed numbers are somewhat glaring this year. It is is his his a rowdy's game as well? Does that come into consideration how they've hit up in their at, at- bats? On the day up to that point. I don't. I don't, I don't. In ter- like in terms of just when deciding to pinch hit or not, does the guys at bats is how much of a consideration do you have to weigh that leading up to I don't in the game? Well, Wong and Rowdy Oh, you know, oh, I, I see what you're design. saying. I see what you're saying. Um, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think, I think. You no, know, I mean, I think that you know it's it's different pitchers, and that's that's the whole point, and. Um, we got these guys here for a reason, and you know, Mike Mike got on base and gave us gave us his bases loaded at bat with McCutcheon up, which is you know exactly where we want the game. Really, it just didn't just didn't play out. We asked you so much about these new relievers. McGee's isn't that he hasn't been on that one. What do you think about what you've seen from him? Yeah, I mean he's doing a nice job. I mean, not surprised. Um, just he, he knows what he's doing. He's confident. It's um, you know our our you know kind of gamble here was that it was just a, a stretch with relievers that small sample that can just kind of be out of whack and um, he's come in and he's thrown strikes and done a really nice job
1: three the final we'll get through some highlights coming up after this it's Brewers extra innings on WTMJ ready for this get up this get
0: up! and this get here! time for tonight's highlights
1: here's Greg Matzik Game one of a three-game series against the Pirates at PNC Park. Corbin Burns on the hill for the Brewers. Bryce Wilson for the Pirates. And early on, after navigating a little trouble, Burns settled in. First base is open. The 2-2 pitch. Swing and a miss. He struck him out with a changeup. Burns was able to get through the second inning after allowing a lead off triple. He always found a way to come up with something big in the early going. 2-2 pitch. Swing and a miss. He struck him out. Two-seam fastball down and in. And that came in the third after he hit two batters and walked another to load the bases. Again, Burns able to get out of it without any damage. Brewers, meanwhile, had just three hits entering the sixth inning before taking off. Willie
0: Adamas leads off, and here's a drive out to left. This is down the left field line and up and out of here. And Willie Adamas goes deep
1: for the 21st time this year, and the Brewers take a 1-0 lead. Lane Grindle with the call. A curveball hit the left center for Adamas. Next up, Rowdy
0: pitch. Here's a high fly ball out to right center field. Back is Reynolds at the track. Bye-bye baseball.
1: Later in the inning, Colton Wong collected his third hit of the game. One pitch. Here's a high
0: drive out to right. Back on it is Mitchell. That ball is gone. Another curveball. Hit for a home run. By a Brewer batter here in
1: the 6th. It's 3 to nothing, crew. Brewers ring the bell with three home runs in the 6th inning. Impressive indeed. Please remember, you don't have to wait until Christmas time to ring the bell and put money in the Salvation Army red kettle. Donate now at samilwaukee.org. Well, that would be the end of the line for Bryce Wilson. At that point, you're thinking Burns would just stack a clean inning after his clean fourth and clean fifth. But the bottom of the sixth was anything but clean for the Cy Young Award winner. Burns walked back-to-back hitters after recording an out, setting the stage for O'Neill Cruz. The 1-1. And here's a line drive out to deep center field. Taylor going back to the wall. Just like that. And after walking Josh Van Meter his third walk of the inning, Burns was lifted in favor of Brad Boxberger. And the first batter he faced was Tyler Heineman. 1-1. Line drive,
0: and it's a fair ball. Down the right field line and bounces off the wall into right. Around third and headed for home is... Van Meter, and now Renfro's throw to second to cut off Heinemann. Gets Heineman into a pickle between first and second, and the Brewers throw it out of play. And Heinemann's going to
1: end up at second base and all the way to third. Yeah, that proved to be a costly mistake because Heineman would come around to score on this 2-2 pitch, and it gets
0: past Caratini, and coming down the line and scoring is Heineman on a pass ball.
1: A five-run six for the Pirates featuring three walks in air, a pass ball, and a three-run home run. Just terrible stuff. Brewers, meanwhile, best chance the rest of the way came in the seventh. Christian Yelich hit a one-out single. Adamas followed with a double to put runners on second and third with one out. Playing the matchup game, I guess, Mike Brasso hit for Telez. He was hit by a pitch, so now he had the bases loaded with one out. Andrew McCutcheon struck out. Pinch hitting for the hot-hitting Colton Wong was Pedro Severino, a right-hander against the left, Vanuuelos with a 2-2 pitch. Strike three called, a curveball, locked up Severino, and he got him looking to retire the side. There was a key decision in the game for Craig Council. Colton Wong hitting just 127 against lefties this season, but he is among the Brewers' hottest hitters. Meanwhile, Severino's only hit against uh, Banuelos was a home run, so he has had success against the Pirates' lefty. Not to be tonight as he struck out looking to end the inning. Brewers put the tying run at the plate in the ninth after another Christian Yelich single. Adama struck out swinging, leaving Mike Brasso as the last pick. pitch. And eight. there he go,
0: he did. Brasso offered at a slider down in the way, he Strikes out, and this game's over.
1: Five runs, four hits, nine uh, no errors for the Pirates. Three runs, eight hits, one error for the Brewers. Burns take the loss, falling to eight and five in the process. Colin Holderman earns the win after one inning of work. Brewers fall to 57 and 46 with the loss. Cardinals picked up a win tonight. That means Milwaukee's lead over St. Louis atop the NL Central is just two games. A little preview of tomorrow's game two. Welcome back, Freddie Peralta. After this on WTMJ. <laughs> We're get Brewers extra innings on a Tuesday night. Well, is it Tuesday? Right? That just... I, my goodness. You kind of lose track of the day and the time when things like what has already happened here to the Brewers this week have happened. Lose a game tonight that you probably should have won. Josh Hader is gone. A lot of trade. People wondering what is going on here. Yes, looking to the future is one thing. Trying to protect, maybe increase your division stranglehold is another. Uh, I'll I'll be curious to see what happens. I I don't think it's – I don't think it's – too crazy to be excited about what the Brewers got in return for Hader and also be disappointed that Josh Hader is gone. Uh, Because what they got in return, I I think, will help marginally this season. Down the road, three years from now, we could be looking at this saying, wow, these are the guys you got in the Hader deal. Josh Hader was one of those pitchers acquired by the Brewers in the Carlos Gomez-Mike Fires deal. And remember, at the time, Brett Phillips was the highest-rated prospect. Everybody was gung-ho on Phillips. And Domingo Santana was actually the first one to contribute. Hater, would he start? Would he be a reliever? Nobody knew. He was intriguing. He was at Triple A, throwing two innings here, two and a third innings here. I, it, what is this guy? Right? It was very interesting and kind of confusing at the same time. Phillips didn't really amount to much, though he was a, a lot of fun in the clubhouse. Santana had some bright moments. Hater became Hater. Adrian Hauser was the last of that group to join the team. But the big difference is. The Brewers were sellers at that time, right? They, they got rid of an all-star in Carlos Gomez and an effective, relatively young pitcher in Mike Fiers at that time. They were sellers. They are now in a position to buy, and they decided to cast away an all-star to San Diego because he was going to be a little too expensive in arbitration next season. They didn't see a path for him moving forward at that sort of dollar amount. And that's the frustrating thing, I guess, about being a fan of a small-ish market team. Probably not a good time to point out that San Diego is the 27th largest media market in the country. Not exactly a huge market, right? I just, it, it's, it's not the Dodgers market, but they've got an ability to poach from their farm system to bring in mega talent. And, yes, the location has something to do with it. They went for broke. Five of their top 11 prospects are gone on other teams to make way for guys like Josh Hader and Juan Soto and more. A lot of moves done by the Padres. So I get it. I get the mixed results. Tomorrow is another day. Brewers hope to get back to their winning ways with Freddy Peralta back on the mound. He will be under a pitch count, 33 pitches in his first rehab start, 52 in his second rehab start, don't look for Peralta to go too long, but they want to get him back up towards 75 here before too long. Maybe, maybe tomorrow is the day he reaches that total. We'll be back with Brewers Extra Innings following tomorrow night's game. Hope you will join us as our broadcast time of the Brewers and Pirates Game 2 is at 535. Thanks, Vina Rettino, for being a part of our program each and uh, every night, most nights here. And Tommy Worts for producing the program. Thank you for being a part of it as well. Enjoy the rest of your night on WTMJ.